Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 197. I actually think I said last week's was episode 197. Last week's was 196. They all kind of blend together right now as we make the steady march to 200 and the 200th episode that we got special for you. We really need to advertise that better. I, I started and then I kind of tapered off once we kind of got close to 700 which we have now crossed the threshold thanks to you awesome people we have now Yay. passed 700 subscribers so eventually we're going to talk about Jar Jar being a Sith Lord it won't be this month but I'm thinking the first week in November once we're past spoopy month then we'll talk about Dark Jar Jar it gives Josh and I plenty of prep time a la Batman to go back and watch the prequels again <laughs> except with the eyes of knowing the sins of the Gungan that should be the title of the episode right there. Oh the, my gosh! The I'm sins over, of I'm the Gungans now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, hi, and I'm, I'm my name's Josh. I'm here with a crisp, clean audio from a new mic, baby. It only took you know. 197 episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and, and part of it's me actually like knowing a little bit more about mics now, and like actually like understanding how marketplaces work and what's a what's an actual affordable mic. Um, but yeah, so here we are with crisp, clean audio now. So you can hear my stupid ramblings in uh, much clearer than before now, I guess. In wonderful stereo sound. <laughs> what we need to do now. Sound. What we need to do now is just find like some online games and pull a full-on Markiplier, Bob and Wade and company. <laughs> that Dead by Daylight, man. I'm down for some of that. I, uh, see, uh, but I don't think they want to hear your screams. So, or my I said, I said Dead cursing. by Daylight, not Fall Guys. <laughs> if you ever want to see me not be myself, <laughs> Fall Guys. It's not a pretty oh, story. Man. But uh, Josh, speaking of not a pretty story, you watching anything recently? Uh, I watched, speaking of a pretty story, I watched, finally saw the finale for uh, Rings of Power Season 1. Um, honestly yeah let's go i'm ready for season two i i, I know like i've uh, two years cannot come fast enough is it um, two years between seasons yes oh gosh it's gonna it's gonna suck <laughs> but hey you know gives them plenty of time to i don't know release in invincible season two um when is that coming out uh anyway regardless don't of, worry you're uh, getting a game yeah are we are we really yeah actually an invincible game got announced this week or oh, it's in go. is rumored in the pipeline. Oh, okay, cool. So I'll believe it when I see a trailer. Anyway, and even that, as I think the, the just the because the game right is now. coming out doesn't mean it's going to be good. Gotham Knights this Friday. <laughs> be bitter. Be bitter. Oh, um, I'm not one of those like super super tech nerds, but it's weird to me that Gotham Knights is topping out at 30 frames per second. That is very weird to me. Doesn't matter if you're uh, playing it's... it on PC or next gen, and it's only on next gen. Going. That's not a good sign, but I have oh, problems. Know, it's, it's, I'm playing it either way. <laughs> you're you're just like I get to, so I get to be Nightwing. All right, cool. I'm there. Cool, whatever. It's just <laughs> like Superman 64. It's that bad. I don't care. Nightwing's in it. Nightwing's in it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I the finale is fantastic. Um, my th all the theories I had leading into the finale were correct. Uh, giving myself a little pat on the back. They do try to give you a little bit of a of a oh oh who is it whatever but it is it's perfect it, it it's very very well done um i continue to applaud the the show uh i i know there's a lot of tolkien heads that are like oh, this is a disgrace to Tolkien. i don't care like it is it is very clearly lord of the rings and there's it's an area of lord of the rings we've never seen before um and 
there's a lot of ways that based off like that opening monologue of of from um, fellowship of the ring on the way that sauron kind of, kind of does things it's very very i like how where they're going and i'm really excited for season two um i also so because i i visited my brother and sister-in-law and uh my pregnant sister-in-law um this past weekend and down in texas and they uh my mom had just finished reading uh where the crawdags sing uh so oh watched... yeah so you watched the movie yes uh it's it's fine it's not my cup of tea but i mean it's a thing that happens and it's cool um there's a nice little twist that um if, genuinely if you have not read the book um kind of comes out of nowhere but only because they not not nowhere but they do a very good job of selling that that's not the twist um so it's 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 nice it's a very it's a it's a good movie it's it, you know it's not my cup of tea but i, I enjoyed it speaking <laughs> of twist um i saw halloween ends opening night hey! with heather now i'm not gonna <laughs> go into what the twist is or any spoilers because unlike unlike the movie i actually care about my audience um <laughs> halloween ends is a movie that I saw this year. I texted you and a couple of other people mm-hmm. that I know that are Halloween friends, Halloween fans, and I texted them going, Halloween <laughs> Ends is a movie in the Halloween franchise. That's about <laughs> all I can say. It's my least favorite in the entire franchise now that I've had time to marinate on it. Really? I okay. think I'd rather go back and watch Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And I can't tell you why, because it's spoilers. But again, this feels like the Star Wars sequel trilogy of... Each movie is completely separate from the one before, and there's no cohesive storyline. But the thing is, mm. we had a director in between with Ryan Johnson for the Star Wars trilogy, whereas this, it was David Gordon Green the entire time. So what what was the problem here? Uh, it, it excels at some things and really drops the ball on some other things. It's... It's very difficult to talk about without spoilers, and it's, everything revolves around one thing. All my issues really come down to one thing, but that one thing takes up a good chunk of this movie, and the focus, I don't believe, is in the right spot for this. Um, Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, but I'm seeing Black <laughs> Adam this Friday. Uh, it's funny. I'm still excited for it, but the Rotten Tomatoes came out like right before we started recording for this, and I think it's currently sitting at 47%, which I'm going, that's lower than I was expecting, but at the same time, I can't say I'm surprised because (laughs) I say this, admiring all that The Rock has done in Hollywood, The Rock doesn't always go for the highest quality movies. He goes for the popcorn movies. And that's totally fine. Unlike Vin Diesel, The Rock knows he's making popcorn movies. Vin Diesel's just like, I'm making art for families. Um... (laughs) But <laughs> which is like, dude. I recently, uh, I don't know why, but speaking of Vin Diesel, that that uh, what is it, the third Triple X movie popped in my head the other day, and I was Return just of Xander running. Cage. Gosh, I love that movie so much. But like, you're right though. Like, the, there is just that's just a popcorn movie. There's not much else going on. Like, if you're making a popcorn movie, that's totally fine. Own up to yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, everyone's just like. Yeah, the Justice Society are the best things about this movie. I'm going, that, that's kind of why I'm seeing this movie. And they're like, Black <laughs> oh, Adam gets pushed to the side. I'm going, yeah, that, that's fine. That's I never fine. wanted to see <laughs> Black Adam. I cared more about Dr. Fate and Hawkman. If you're telling me they're more interesting, 
I might walk away happy, especially for some other things that we're not going to talk about that specific detail, but we'll talk in a roundabout <laughs> way about it in a little bit here. Uh, I'm trying to think if I've watched anything else. Um, just an update. Heather and I, like I said, have been going through Smallville for the longest time. Now we're on the second to last season, which is crazier in season nine. And now he's wearing like this like black and silver outfit that's kind of like their version of the rebirth suit mm, yeah here's why i don't hate it actually so the end of season eight he quote unquote fights doomsday it's super super fight be- super super short because tv budget naturally love it yeah uh, of course of course krypton had the same problem uh but by the end of that season the beginning of season nine clark is under the impression that he has to just get rid of his human side entirely and be full kryptonian to save the earth and that's why he says clark kent is dead and it's a metaphoric sense that doomsday killed him and that's why he's wearing the black and i'm going you know what i actually kind of don't hate that it's an interesting concept because (laughs) i know the long term is He's not going to have the black forever. If he ended the show with him in this stupid discount matrix outfit, then I'd be kind of mad. But I'm like, I kind of like that story direction that they're going for. Tom Welling is still kind of hit or miss. It all kind of depends on the episode and who's with him. There are certain members of the cast that make everyone else around them better. And then there's other ones that are just kind of there. But also, I had heard for the longest time that the first five seasons of Smallville were great. The last five seasons of Smallville are terrible. I don't think that's the case. It's very much the formula of, like, the first couple episodes in every season are really good. And it's somewhere along the middle of the season to do some weird stuff that I don't know where (laughs) that came from. And then the finale happens and then rinse and repeat with some mild references towards the tail end of the season that never really come together. It's still (laughs) mildly entertaining. It's, It's good. It's a good show to go through. But, uh, anything else you're watching, Josh? Are we ready to... Stop postponing stuff. <laughs> I'm uh not really, man. I've I've kind of been there's just you know when I got the time I watch a lot of YouTube, but yeah. Oh, same. So, <laughs> I love that you and I just basically trade Markiplier videos at this point. Did you did you watch the one I sent you with the mic? I so what's really 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 funny is um I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet, right? And so I because it's just a work or whatever, and I sat down later that night and like clicked uh clicked the next markiplier video which actually turned out to be the video you sent me and i almost was i was about to send it to you and was like oh that's um that's the same video he sent me earlier today all right well i feel terrible i'm a bad friend because we all know <laughs> the feeling of going what is this problem oh it's not yes. plugged in ah! <laughs> whoa <laughs> oh that's what it is now we've put it off long enough yeah just like warner brothers Put it off long enough because Warner <laughs> Brothers are stupid. But good thing that regime is kicking the can and uh, letting the door hit him on the way out. Literally this week, Walter Hamada is on his way out of Warner Brothers Discovery this week. So we can herald the return of Harry <laughs> The finally, finally... Here and I say that <laughs> reference with full intention because it was apparently that man that's responsible for everything good in the world right now. So, like the man that I am, I will apologize to you, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know our most avid listener on the show. I said like two or three weeks <laughs> <you> ago. <laughs> I said like two or three weeks ago that the Rock 
only cares about The Rock when it comes to fan service, mm-hmm. and and Dwayne Johnson's fan service is different than Ryan Reynolds' fan service. Well, Dwayne Johnson apparently is the one to thank for having Henry Cavill, the glorious Henry Cavill, returning as the Man of Steel, as he's very much been going to bat for the return of Cavill for six to seven years. I'm just picturing... What? Dwayne Johnson just going, can we have him? Can we have him? Like a kid going, are we there yet? Just keep poking. No, no, no. Oh, I have a new boss now? Hey, can I? Oh, yeah, sure. That's fine. It's like when you're at work and you're doing some stupid stuff and your boss yells at you and then you get a new boss and your new boss is totally fine with whatever shenanigans that you were doing before. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's exactly what's happening here. Superman! Yeah, I have no worries. I mean, we've had some Superman stuff where they're like, yeah, J- yeah. JJ, JJ's doing his own thing. No, no. I don't care what JJ's doing. Also, I might talk about that in a little bit here. What is JJ doing nowadays? But... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm super stoked. It's awesome to have Henry back. Um, Obviously, like, there is that caveat of like, okay, but we just canceled a bunch of stuff so where is this landing where like it, it to me it like as excited as, as i am it adds more questions <laughs> like a whole another another batch of questions to uh to the docket but um before i can get like super super excited but it is what it is you know so i do think the timing of this article and we'll delve more yeah. into the other stories that came out with this uh had very interesting timing as it was the same day that we find out ezra miller could face up to 26 years in prison and i'm going <gasps> no way uh-huh. no way i didn't catch that oh dog that's I, crazy i highly doubt ezra's getting 26 years Oh, no, but yeah, more than likely, <laughs> they are looking at some form of jail time. I mean, we'll talk about Flash stuff in our next news topic, but I'm going, hmm, once again, interesting timing nonetheless. And also, I think it's interesting. This this, this article came out um, Monday night, and Tuesday, when we're recording this, is when the review embargo for Black Adam came out. And I think maybe WB knew that the reviews were going to be kind of tepid on Black Adam and they need Black Adam mm-hmm. to do well. So they're just like, let's just get everyone super, super excited for Black, uh, for the future of DC. And then we'll carry that momentum to the opening weekend of Black Adam and hope that that works and trickles down to that, so to speak, of just like, uh, rising tides, lift all ships type of situation. Uh, I, I don't know if this news will impact this box office success of Black Adam. But I gotta think it does. Now, there's a whole long list of things that are being reported with this. And this is coming from The Hollywood Reporter, which is why I'm confident talking about it on the show. It's not like rumors and speculation like it's been for a really long time. Because as we jokingly have said many times on the podcast, it's the boy who cried Cavill of Henry Cavill is coming back. Henry Cavill's done as Superman. Henry Cavill's coming back. It's been wishy-washy. But now that like actual major trades are saying it, it feels pretty definitive. But they're saying that they're currently actively looking for writers with one of the names at the top of their list being Christopher McQuarrie, who just did the last two Mission Impossibles and will do the last two, but most recently just co-wrote Top Gun Maverick. One, Top Gun Maverick is my favorite movie of the year still, 
I love the Mission Impossible that he's done. I'm looking forward to his last two that he's going to wrap up the series with. But most importantly, what gets me excited about the potential of Christopher McQuarrie doing this is circle all the way back to 2018 when Mission Impossible Fallout was coming out, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, starring Henry Cavill. Apparently, Christopher McQuarrie and Henry Cavill both came together to Warner Brothers to pitch a Superman idea. And and Warner Brothers was like, nah. So Christopher McQuarrie already has a Superman story in his back pocket. And both McQuarrie and Cavill have described the Superman that they would want of the brighter, more optimistic Superman going forward, which mm-hmm. I think makes sense. And I think there's ways that you can go about this of even people that are diehard Snyder fans can accept what's happening of everything that happened, Man of Steel, uh, BVS, just like that all happened because I'm assuming this movie takes place post the flash, whatever yes. happens with the flash movie, we can just say it reset whatever's going on with Superman. All the stuff already happened to him and he went through it all. But it kind of refreshed him, so to speak. Superman rebirth, so to speak. As long as we don't get a rebirth version of Superman, I think we'll be okay, though. Hey, um, hey no, rebirth nah, Superman is nah. great. It's New 52 nah. that's bad. Okay, sure. All right. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, I think there definitely is like a lot of... Um, I think you and I have, bo- have both seen a lot of like initial like okay we're excited but like wait hold on like uh, very tepid i wouldn't I, i'm gonna i'm kind of laughing to myself a little bit because it's like oh yeah, yeah yeah a new superman movie with henry cavill returning in the early stages early stages being like hey cavill you want to be superman yeah i'm good all right cool yeah so we, we're just gonna be uh, uh, henry cavill is <laughs> superman in the new movie uh, like i i wouldn't doubt if like the early stages is them asking Cavill if he wants to do it. And that's it. <laughs> that was, uh, that was the only thing that, that that's how early they are in it. Um, I definitely have the questions for you though, as far as like, do you feel like, Oh, I feel something. I mean, I obviously you're excited, but at the same time, how does this look from like almost a PR standpoint of like, okay, cool. So as a company, we just canceled like a bunch of movies, not the flash, but even though it's the one that deserves it most likely um they need the flash the, to work too much though that's i think the problem um how do you think this affects like the view of the merger in general with them being like all right cool so uh you know cancel all this stuff but we're bringing henry back guys i promise we're bringing henry back i was like okay so, cool i guess but uh, uh before i forget because i'm sure i will when it comes to our next news topic yeah. um you bring up cancellations. They quietly canceled the Zatanna movie that they're working on. Yep. They're going to shop that around. I think I'm more okay with them bringing back Henry Cavill and announcing a new Superman movie when they were canceling Batgirl, Zatanna, the yeah. more than likely the Supergirl movie starring Sasha Kaye. Because the new regime, Warner Bros. Discovery, while we still think they're making a lot of mistakes... It seemed like they were trying to get back to the core characters that people knew and recognized first before branching off to do the more obscure characters. They want to get the foundation of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, all the core DC characters down pat first before getting into the tertiary characters like a Zatanna, like a Batgirl, because the box office hasn't always been too kind to the non-recognizable IPs. The Suicide Squad, while it was one of our favorite movies of last year, 
did not do particularly well. It could have been off the reputation yeah. of the previous Suicide Squad, but it also could have been well, yeah, the yeah. name recognition. But then as much as we also love Shazam, it didn't do as well as some other DC movies. Granted, it didn't have as big of a budget, so it didn't need to do as well. But box office, it didn't deliver as much. It was still a success. And I think part of that was the brand recognition of the name Shazam. So I think they go, okay, right now, our team sucks. So we can't be trying to hit home runs every single time. We need solid singles and doubles. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the Astros 10 years ago. Oh, you mean the Lastros? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, the, you could get a decent seat in the, in the balcony for like a couple bucks. Uh, now, good luck getting a nosebleed for something under $10. So, Which as much as I hate uh, the Astros, that stadium is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous stadium. It's a great team. Still anyway, bitter um, they took out the hill. Yeah, I mean, I am too. But hey, how about that sweep, baby? How about that sweep? Anyway, um... <laughs> Not gonna be devolve devolve into. I was uh, rooting for the Mariners. Gosh dang it! Everybody was. It was twenty one <laughs> years, almost as long as we were waiting for Henry Cavill to come back. Bang! I'm uh, on point so tonight. I I think, and I've already heard this comparison, but I completely agree. I think Henry Cavill Superman, for whatever this new movie will be, will be very similar to what Marvel is doing with Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Of here's the version that you got before. We're gonna do something slightly different but using the same core cast that was used before but kind of yeah a fresher coat of paint you can consider the older stories that were pre-existing canon or you cannot you could jump in from this new point or not i think it's up to the to the audience how they're reacting to it i think this could very easily just be titled superman just straight up or i like superman rebirth uh i wouldn't be surprised if he gets a slightly newer costume anything else just yeah, color just new, yeah just colors i color. love the suit it just needs more color <laughs> yeah, any color would be great yeah uh <laughs> um no yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if we get uh probably a newer suit probably less of the 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 odd like latex style uh but yeah I, i'd be intrigued to see what what new places we go and i think the excitement here for me is to see what villains we have. Uh, oh, Brainiac. Hey, look, at, look at that. We can recast Lex Luthor. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Brian Cranston. <laughs> Fix the mistake oh. you made all those years ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not like a part. I don't, I don't subscribe to the Brian Cranston one, but like it, it, it's still like the opportunity to recast some of those mistakes in the Snyderverse is huge. And I'm super excited about that. Well, if it wasn't, you know, Henry Cavill returning as Superman, that news story would have just been lumped into this other thing because the Hollywood Reporter also had a bunch of just other ancillary DC projects that apparently, wow, DC's been very, very busy on the back burner without us even knowing about it as we have stuff for The Flash, Batman spinoffs, and whatever James Gunn's working on. So let's start with Batman. Apparently Matt mm -hmm. Reeves is very much open to fleshing out more of the Batverse, uh, the Pattinson-verse, so to speak. And he's basically taking story pitches from other writers and directors about Batman villains. And he specifically called out Scarecrow, Clayface, and Professor Pig, to which I'm just going, so not only does The Rock listen to our podcast, but Matt <laughs> Reeves also <laughs> listens to the Uncharted Media podcast because we have been calling for not only yeah. Clayface, 
but Professor Pig for the longest time, but clearly Matt Reeves hasn't listened to us long enough to put Court of Owls in the first Batman movie. It's okay. You could put him in the sequel along yeah, with Dick okay. Grayson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as you do uh, uh, Brendan Fraser as Clayface, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> no, again, take my idea of multiple actors playing Clayface. Yeah, oh, there's that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also was like like doing Scarecrow, which I mean, Scarecrow was the you know titular villain uh, to me, the titular villain of uh, Batman Begins. But at the same time, like Scarecrow's terrifying. Like I don't see why not. Absolutely, dude. Um, having someone, especially you know the the Batman that we have now, who is coming out of that stage of vengeance and into that stage of being you know justice. Uh, having him that means he's gonna have to face his demons. And uh, what better way? to face your demons and have them being thrown at you by scarecrow come on it writes to say it's it's too good i'm just excited about it but but clayface and professor pig the funny thing is apparently uh one of josh and i's favorite directors mike flanagan has supposedly had an idea for a clayface movie for years so as soon as this news habit came out his wife katie uh, kate siegel immediately was just like oh clayface you say and mike flanagan's like oh I have a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mike Flanagan just doing a DC movie. Just. Oh, but that'd be great. So Professor good. Pig, for those that don't know, Professor Pig is. It's very similar, like a Hannibal Lecter type of he's a yeah. dude that wears a pig mask. That's obsessed with perfection and his quote unquote dolls. Like, oh, uh, it's just like. Making a murderer? Yeah, basically that type of shenanigans if he's terrifying. I'm surprised Netflix hasn't tried to make a Professor Pig series yet because he'd, he'd just be perfect for a Netflix documentary or a faux doc or just a make... Faux documentary, man. That's, I'm calling it, <laughs> calling it what it is, a faux doc. Dog, that'd be so, but that's such an interesting way to... That would be th- I don't think there's really a lot of those out there that aren't that it's not like Spinal Tap or uh they're usually comedies. What we do in right? the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's usually comedies though. So like, oh man, do like a like a fake uh murder mur- mur- like the <laughs> murder mystery uh whatever kind of doc. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That with like I, so if they're bringing Professor Pig in, my only request is just a little bit, just like a cameo, so for some somehow of of of, uh, of Zaz. I would love. I need Zaz of all the Rogues Gallery on ba- of Batman fits. I think more perfectly than than Joker does in this particular Batman's world. Joker's fine, sure, but we've seen so many incarnations of him. I am ready to have some of these quote unquote lesser villains. Uh, you know, get some like better screen time and, and Zaz could be terrifying because professor pig could be terrifying um but essentially we're just going to take all of the batman's rogue gallery rogues galleries and uh turn them into uh serial killers because <laughs> why not at this point because that's kind of what they are at this right i mean i don't think i can argue with me on that i love that matt reese wants to turn them all into movies to even further flesh yeah. out the role can you imagine all these spinoff movies and then batman catching them all at the end of their respective movies and that to the point of it, a few movies down the road for the Batman movies, like the main core movies, he somehow gets trapped in Arkham Asylum. Yes, I know that's just stealing from the Ben Affleck movie that we could have got, 
but get all these established villains that have <laughs> or, motive or the the the, the important vi the 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 video games <laughs> eh, it's not like the arkham games are my favorite game franchise of all time besides some other handsome devil that's a treasure hunter uh it's i don't i'm not a treasure hunter <laughs> you're not a handsome devil either <laughs> but so i'm fine with this if they're doing this yeah open it up to more villains too uh a hugo strange movie i think could be really interesting a la a mm -hmm. cure for wellness type situation mm -hmm. there um but yeah i mm, matt reeves i really really trust uh but also they're working on a script for the flash sequel that's apparently already been written but they're just waiting to see on the success of the movie, whether it gets greenlit or not. I'm going, oh, does your script okay. include Wally West replacing Barry Allen? Because that's exactly <laughs> what you should do. Because as we talked about earlier, you might be down one flash unless, you know, Ezra can Zoom call in his acting from prison. He's 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 in the sequel, but like only in the form of a Zoom call. Like, but they take the Zoom call and put it on Wally's wet Wally West's like like watch or something. It just occasionally opens it and there's there's Ezra Miller. We thought the prison. Henry We thought the Henry Cavill mustache <laughs> situation in 2017's Justice League was yeah. bad. Wait till I have to figure out a way to shoot around Ezra's prison jumpsuit for the movie comp his face over some body <laughs> no, double they, they call it they call it a schedule they're like nah we gotta get around scheduling his scheduling conflicts <laughs> five to ten years scheduling conflict conflicts. sorry guys oh man he just won't be available for a while we have no idea why he won't tell us <laughs> but okay but yeah, so yes I mean, they're that's, working that's fine i mean it, it, it like you said i i it definitely to me barry needs to die or or vanish at the end of uh the flash so that they can recast or maybe he changes into somebody else who knows but um definitely leaning more into wally that would be fantastic i'm totally okay with that uh personally I'm, i will always be more uh biased towards like impulse or like somebody like that but like impulse can't lead can't be really a part of the justice league to me impulse works better in like a teen titan scenario which uh you know anytime you want to pull that card out that'd be fantastic but like an actual teen titans not that stupid deep like that uh, little lame one that you've been doing but yeah oh i can add that to a list too that we'll talk about here uh but yeah i think they are right to make a flash script and i know some people will be like what about ezra miller Take everything with Ezra Miller aside, assuming Ezra Miller is not coming back for the sequel. From everything we're hearing, the Flash movie itself is really good, and that's why they're pushing yeah. forward with it, because they have a lot of faith in it as a quality movie. But then again, the studio had really high hopes and thought Batman vs. Superman was a great movie. So, you never know, but supposedly they have a lot of faith in the Flash, and if it does well, yeah, you're going to greenlight a sequel. Probably just don't bring Ezra back. Like, just... It's, yeah, it's hard not to talk about the flash without this person involved in the situation, but it, you kind of have to look beyond it at, for some points of it. I still am excited for the flash movie and excited what they do because I love the flash character. It's just you got to detach Ezra from the situation. And then once it comes out, figure out what you're doing from there. Thankfully, there's yeah. other speedsters out there. You know, Jake Eric, we've got Justice Society <laughs> and a flash movie. Put them together. Let's make that happen. 
Um, no, we just we just uh, go. We just all of a sudden go straight with to Godspeed, and he's our main character now. Godspeed is Flash. Sorry, he had a full on <laughs> heel turn and a face turn off screen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So lastly, in this Hollywood Reporter article that they talked about, they mentioned James Gunn is also working on a mystery DC movie. Which I'm going. I feel like we talked about this not too long ago, but I think maybe yeah. this article is just kind of recapping all the stuff that's in development. So I went ahead and thought of five things oh yeah okay went ahead and thought about five projects that i think could potentially be james gunn's secret dc project that he's working on given that the suicide squad underperformed it's still fantastic it's still my favorite dceu movie i don't think it's suicide squad but i could see him being making a lateral move from the suicide squad to secret six which for those that don't know it's it's the Suicide Squad, except with a different name and a slightly different roster. Maybe if they want, like, a new coat of paint on it, but they still like the idea of a Suicide Squad-type yeah. movie, go with Secret Six. I think that could work. Josh and I have talked about this many times before. James Gunn likes the obscure characters, and I would not be surprised if whatever secret movie he's working on gets spun out of Season 2 of Peacemaker, because that's what he's currently in development on. There's a character that was rumored to be in season one of Peacemaker, but however, those rumors were totally bogus. I could see him showing up at season two of Peacemaker, season of season two of Peacemaker, though. Oliver Queen's Green yeah. Arrow. I could, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. I can absolutely see James Gunn doing a Green Arrow movie, or a, I don't know about an Arrow and Canary movie, but like make Arrow a straight up comedic character or just a really yeah. sassy type character. Oh, you mean like what he's supposed to be? Got it, heard. Yes. <laughs> sassy, sassy boy. Um, yeah, exactly. But James Gunn also really likes the team dynamic. Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. Suicide Squad, mm -hmm. which, you know, Josh brought it up. James Gunn for a Teen Titans movie or just a Titans movie. I would not complain in the slightest. I've said J.J. Abrams would be a good Teen Titans guy for a while, but if we can't get J.J., and actually, honestly, at this point in their careers, I'd probably rather go with James Gunn than yeah, yeah, J.J. Yeah, yeah. Abrams, but I can absolutely see a Titans movie. It just And he pulls from some really obscure picks of, like, oh, a James Gunn Teen Titans where they fight, like, Trigon or Brother Blood or something like that, like a really deep cut there. Um... I also could see him going uh, the route of something I pitched when we did uh, Rebuilding the DCEU, our really, really mm -hmm, long pitch mm -hmm, episode, one mm -hmm. of our my favorites we've ever done, actually. I could see James Gunn doing a uh, Harley and Ivy movie. Yeah, can... oh, especially yeah, especially because of the success of Harley. And Harley his Quinn, the, already the ongoing relationship with Margot Robbie, having worked with yeah, her yeah, yeah, yeah. On, the, on The Suicide Squad, so maybe Harley and Ivy. If I had to put a wager on it, though, I don't know why, but I'm the most confident in this one. James Gunn's Booster Gold movie. Uh, yeah. I just... Yeah, yeah, that, that makes the mo most sense, uh, unfortunately. Unless you're going to go, like, because he loves cast of characters, let's just have James Gunn do uh, season one of Young Justice. Uh, but as a film, uh, but yeah, yeah, like I, I, the uh, the ensemble movies, I think really work for him as well. Oh, yeah. What you got, buddy? What you got? One more that just now came to my mind. That's going to make Josh very happy. James Gunn uh -huh. likes the obscure characters. 
Correct, correct, as we've established. Who says these obscure characters have to be from our time zone, though? What if James Gunn does the Legion of Superheroes? Oh, interesting. I actually, yeah, because that, that kind of works on all levels. It's obscure. It's uh, uh, an ensemble. Like, that... That could, uh, yeah, I've cracked and, the code. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's actually why they can't cancel the Wonder Twins movie is because they're like, no, 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 James Gunn needs them. Honestly, I, and it, I, dude, if anybody's gonna tackle the Wonder Twins, it's gonna be James Gunn. Like, I, I, and it would be I don't great. It, it honestly, they'd probably be the best characters of the entire film. Well, not even gonna lie. <laughs> but but yeah, and I, I think James has a lot has a lot going on, and I think it. it there's so because of his his style and because I think you and I are such a such fans of the Suicide Squad. Um, I just there's so much he can do and I would love to see him tackle. Uh, honestly, if you know, I would love to see like a hush from him because I feel like doing that ensemble with all these different types of villains would really work with him as well. But, you know, okay, we will see when we see. <laughs> Next up is we were just going to talk about the posters because they initially released posters yep. for this movie. But then if you get posters, a trailer's never far behind, especially when you're talking about the Michael B. Jordan directed Creed Ooh. 3. I keep forgetting, but the trailers make it blatantly obvious. They're like directed by Michael B. Jordan. Y'all, I've been I've been excited for Creed 3 <laughs> just because I really like the first two. Yeah. Bro, so it's nice to know that people besides Josh and I have seen the movie Warrior because Michael yeah. B. Jordan has too. Because Creed 3 is just Warrior, but I'm not complaining about that in the slightest. And also, before I hand it over to Josh, if I'm Adonis, run! Oh my <laughs> oh god, god, Jonathan Majors <laughs> is going to murder this man. Jonathan oh, Majors dude. looks like he ate Jonathan Majors. Oh my gosh. Like He's so big. It's so scary. Like, oh my gosh. It's one of those, like, uh, the thought I had was like, wait, was that why in Loki they had him so, like, under all these robes because under all those robes is absolute like zero fat. It's like King Boomy. Yeah. Like big dude. Like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So this trailer is absolutely banger. Um, I love the, the soundtrack is fantastic. This, the new song or whatever for the trailer is fantastic. I, I think so gorgeous far the cinematography. Best. Heather actually pointed absolutely. out first. Um, majors is fantastic. Uh, there's, it's crazy because you don't really see him like actually punch anybody. Like they show him throwing and people going, ah, whatever. And then somebody's like, he's going to kill someone. And then he like glares at the camera and you're like, yeah, and it's going to be me. He's going to kill me. It's I don't the know, same man. thing as Tom Hardy and, and Warrior just going, Dude, those yeah. are the eyes of a man. Oh, gosh. He's so. And I love the idea that uh, while it is very close to Warrior, like it's very interesting to for Adonis to have to explore. Okay, cool. So, you know, I didn't know that I was, you know, Creed's actual son, and so for for a period of time there, like I I did have to live on the streets. I did have to do some really shady stuff um, just to survive. Um, not, and there's nothing wrong with that, absolutely. Um, but to it's crazy that. Like Jonathan Major's characters in the light of this trailer 
absolutely has every right to be mad at, Ad- at Adonis. Like you left me behind dog. Like what, what in the world? So I'm just excited. And Jonathan Majors looks great. Adonis looks great. I love him actually teaching his daughter in the trailer how to box. Like, that's cool. There's so much to love about this trailer. Honestly, if you can see this and not get hyped for, for Creed 3, dog, I don't even want to be your friend. <laughs> like, this is so cool. The only thing that really kind of surprised me with this trailer was it's a seven-year time gap because mm-hmm. i was like it hasn't been seven years i think it was what 2019 was the last movie yeah so i think this will kind of follow the same trajectory as the rocky movies shocker of <laughs> if this is seven years from what? now this is seven years from the previous one i think adonis might either be retired or close to it so like yeah. here, here's I, my it kind of appears that way anyway in the trailer here's my way too early fan speculation theory out there love it love it love it for a lot of the trailer we see michael b jordan in like a suit that kind of looks too big for him uh and only at the very end do we see him like actually squaring up to fight jonathan major's character i think he i think a la rocky uh creed retires with the title and so they vacate the title and majors and that other dude that we see in the trailer fight for the title because we see later in the trailer jonathan majors has these two big titles and so yeah. maybe he like it goes to his head or majors calls out creed be like hey i'm the champ now what you're gonna do about a type of situation or like ruin yeah. his life or try and ruin his public image or something like that and brings adonis out of retirement because we're kind of getting to that point of just like well every rocky movie's got that cliche coming out of retirement moment yeah. so we're, we might be getting to that point because the first two creeds kind of dipped from enough of the rocky movies like two especially had a lot of rocky three and rocky four in it so maybe now we get more of that from rocky's perspective shifting to adonis in terms of like the tail end of your career yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because like there's zero rocky in this entire trailer which for the best um, yeah oddly oddly it was like yeah oh yeah absolutely get him out of here not, not okay I didn't, <laughs> like, hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> but like at the same time it, it's we've we've already had two movies of adonis being like oh but he's gonna die on me man i don't know what to do <laughs> like to, we get just he's old he's gonna die since it's when like, did adonis sound like um <laughs> the martian from looney tunes i don't, I don't know man it was, it was the only like voice Where's I, the I kaboom? Could think of. <laughs> oh, i don't know i don't know man so lastly for our news we've talked marvel well, we've talked DC, now we talk Marvel as the speculation that was kind of going around for weeks was something that both Josh and I didn't actually believe was real just because it just didn't seem feasible. And that is that Harrison Ford has now joined the MCU. And my immediate thought is, so how much money did you have to back into his backyard <laughs> with dump truck and just yeah. go... Join this massive franchise. We know massive franchises are just your favorite. Did we mention you get to do a press tour once every couple of years? <laughs> we know you love those. Those are your favorite, you grumpy old man. But okay. In all he's seriousness. Gotta, he's he's, he's got to put his grandkids through through college. So he's got to get some grandkids at three. He's going. Um, Jeez. <laughs> he's 74 now. Um. In all seriousness, Harrison Ford has been cast to replace William Hurt's Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU. So I'm going, ah, 
the Red Hulk is still on the table for the Thunderbolts movie. Maybe the reason why we didn't get that in the artwork is they didn't have the person cast yet for D23, which I'm going, ah, once again, we bring up the disappointing D23 of this year. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I genuinely didn't believe the rumors when this has been floating around for a while. I didn't believe it because it's the running joke that Harrison Ford and Bruce Willis are the two grumpy old men in Hollywood that you can't really ask to do anything anymore. They're just yeah. tired of their own franchises. So the fact that Harrison Ford is jumping into a big franchise after he's left not one but two, because I'm assuming Indiana Jones next year is his final indie movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll do other indie movies. <sighs> yeah. Uh, All right, guys. I'm I, quit- I, that's it. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Harrison Ford did this because he knows it's going to be the easiest payday in the world because Red Hulk might be there more than Thunderbolt Ross will be. Yes. I agree. No, I completely agree. Um, it'll be, and because I think a big part of it is, unfortunately, Thunderbolt Ross has to be there because you can't call it the Thunderbolts and he not be there. So it, ooh, excuse me. Um, it definitely is just one of those those situations where they had to recast. And uh, I, I mean, given the options, I think Harrison Ford's probably the, your best bet. Uh, I agree, though. Like, <laughs> dog, they they had to be like they approached him on the set of Indy and was like, "You don't have to do any more Star Wars anything." <laughs> but <laughs> do you have you thought about Marvel? <laughs> Better yet, we'll even teach you how to land a plane. How does that sound, young man? <laughs> exactly like yeah i will we'll send you to actual flight school we got tom cruise to teach you in everything (laughs) tom knows how to take off and land (laughs) but But it's it's it's, there's the big pull of the film right is that uh harrison ford is actually flying the plane and then it comes out that like the crew was terrified (laughs) because he always had trouble landing (laughs) it's nice to know that in his one of his most famous movies air force one when he tells gary oldman get off my plane the great thing is he's not actually talking to gary oldman he's talking to his landing gear (laughs) <laughs> this is God. Harrison Ford's the I don't know best. Why, like, We're just bagging on Harrison Ford's lack of flying <laughs> yeah. ability, uh, which is like because being able to fly a plane is kind of a big deal. And I'm almost like sure that there was like a failure in the landing gear it was nowhere near his fault. Like blah blah blah. But like, but this has happened a few were, times. Yeah, like so, like every plane breaks that you that you use. Like, are you just not checking them before you fly? Because I'm pretty sure pre pre flight inspections are a thing, but. Whatever. So Thunderbolt Ross is confirmed to be in Captain America for the New World Order, or just Captain America the New World Order, and the mm-hmm, Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, I still have question marks as to the significance of the Thunderbolts movie, because Kevin Feige made a point to be like, yeah, the final movie of Phase 5 is the Thunderbolts. I'm going, or why? So? Like, what is the significance? <laughs> you know, when I, you know, Nathan, what I don't think you're understanding is with the, 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 the public, when they hear the Thunderbolts, they think multiverse, <laughs> they think big picture, they think world, no, no, galaxy ending <laughs> threats. Yeah, no, I have no idea. That's, that doesn't make sense it, <laughs> at all. But I, I get why he would show up in Captain America, though, because we know Tim Blake Nelson from The Incredible Hulk, a.k.a. the leader, will be the main villain for that Captain America movie, which still 
kind of confuses me, but we'll wait to see how it plays out, even if I think it's a weird choice. Uh, Harrison Ford is a great actor. Even when he's not trying, I'm still entertained by him just because of how yeah. much he does not care when he does not want to be there. And it's very entertaining how grumpy of an old man he is at times. Harrison Ford's still a phenomenal actor. Uh, rest in peace, William Hurt. And I hope Harrison Ford takes it seriously because he knows he's stepping in for an important character that has passed away in real life. So I think he I think he would treat it with that level of respect and reverence. Also, yeah. like not like he hasn't played a general before for something, a.k.a. <laughs> Ender's Game, for the few of you that remember that movie. Hey, that's a fun movie. It's a good popcorn flick. Uh, I definitely, like, I, I have no doubt that he'll kill it because, I mean, literally even bring half the charisma that he has in um in uh, Blade Runner, what is it, 2049? Yes. I was, yeah, like... You got it right this uh, time. I did. I was, It's one of my favorite movies, and I always forget how to... 2089, 2099, 3189. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like any half of the charisma that he has in that film for, for this, I think will be okay. As always, this episode is sponsored by Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch, as Josh is now sampling one of our new hoodies. Hey, uh, you can get hoodies go, as baby. it's getting colder out. You can get hoodies, t-shirts, stickers, magnets, notepads, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo or other fantastic designs we've got. Also, thanks for helping us get to over 700 subscribers. We're not going to rest on our laurels. Now, we're making the march to 1000 subscribers it's gonna be a while but uh yeah let's do this together people we'll, we'll think of something stupid to do together once we get to a thousand <laughs> subscribers but i mean i, I love because <laughs> we, we we do nothing but take this seriously obviously yeah because there's we can think of something stupider than dark jar jar but if you haven't already subscribed to whatever audio platform you're listening to us on but it's itunes spotify google podcast or youtube and help us get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's the next big goal. Screw 800 and 900. We'll just breeze right past that. On to a thousand. Now, on to the not so spoopy spoopy. Uh, so, once again, we're in the month of spookiness. The best time of the year. Suck it, Christmas. Uh, but, like, sometimes we like scary. But other yeah. times, we're watching something that's not scary. And we still get scared nonetheless. Because, you know kids movies can be traumatizing other movies can be traumatizing other movies can have some traumatizing stuff that just kind of comes out of nowhere so this week we're going to talk about the scariest moments from non-horror movies so anything that's not a horror movie is fair game and it has to be a movie so nothing from tv or anything uh kids movies are fair game rom-coms are are fair game i don't, I don't have any rom-coms but if there were it'd be fair game uh, Josh is going, did I put the proposal on here? I'm counting how many kids movies are on here. <laughs> Same. Kids movies will mess you up. No, they're horrifying, dog. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what? I'm going to start off nice and strong. Um, and only because I actually went back and revisited this movie a couple years ago just to be like, uh, it wasn't actually that scary. Uh, turns out it was. Um, so there's a very specific scene in a small movie, and maybe you've heard of it, called The Brave Little Toaster. Um, there is a nightmare. A yeah, it, honestly, it's a fantastic film. Love it. Uh, one of the most like so the the, the main character, the horse, to the, he's a brave little toaster. Um, wow. as the name. <laughs> I know it's a very complicated film. Um, he has a nightmare towards the end, like middle to the end of the film, uh, that involves them being chased by a giant clown, and it is genuinely horrifying for no reason. Um, I understand it's a 
nightmare but uh the animators saw the uh saw the little the notes for the scenes that they had to draw and it said nightmare scene involving clown that's going to spray them down and short them out and the animators are like got it all right let's make this thing feel like it could kill children all right let's go and like it literally it is you know there's flames as the backdrops and i mean it's crazy because it is literally built into this this section of the movie where they're at like a i want to say like a thrift store or like a like a secondhand store and like all of the all of the uh, it, very toy story-esque uh, all of the uh the other appliances are like kind of horrible to that it's just like it's overall like that like 10 15 20 minutes of the film is uh it is not it does not belong in a children's movie whatsoever <laughs> so speaking of a children's one i don't actually know if as a kid i ever finished this movie i just knew about this one scene and one scene in particular that traumatized a whole generation of kids uh we'll talk about raw doll a few times today oh, but i'll boy. talk about first the one that I don't think Josh is expecting me to talk about first because I'll save the other one for later. Any kid that grew up in the 90s is very familiar with a movie called The Witches. I actually don't think I've ever seen this film. Oh. I know. Okay, hold on. I know what it is and I know what scene you're about to talk about, but I do not. I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen the film. I don't believe I've ever seen the movie either because I was so. The one scene that I did <laughs> see was this scene. And I was like, I'm good, and I will never sleep again. Uh, so basically, this kid, like, um, I don't, I'm trying to remember the basic premise, but it's like there's a whole bunch of, like, nannies or women that are, like, looking after mm -hmm. people, and this kid suspects that there's something up with them. And so, sure enough, they're witches, but they're not, like, your... <laughs> sure enough, they're witches! But they're not, like, your, like, attractive, discount, spirit Halloween-type witches or even, like, mildly scary Horror Nights ones. No, no, these are, like, uber-grotesque, like, truly disturbing, like, peeling off their own skin masks oh, that I they've got. Oh, I love that. Uh, no, 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 no. Raul yeah, Dahl. No, that sounds like a great time. I don't know what you're talking about. Raul Dahl, man, has some <laughs> weird imagery. But uh, for anybody that grew up... Actually, now that I think about it, I've got three Raul Dahl things Jeez, to talk dog. about, because... <laughs> Raul Dahl has a thing for traumatizing children. I don't know what his shtick is, but the witch it's is... It's just traumatizing children. I never even bothered with the new one that was on HBO Max. They're just like, check Not out on that. HBO Max. Witches never goes. No one was asking for that. Try as you may, <laughs> Anne Hathaway. That's that's nice and everything, but uh, you're not going to top this one. Um <laughs> I've heard it's 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 still that scene is still scary, but because any I think any scene with somebody tip tip tearing tit 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 apparently I'm stuttering today, uh peeling their skin off is gonna be terrifying, but that's just me. So uh, sticking with the raw doll train, yeah, raw doll boat, uh another one, but uh, not I'm gonna this smack one. Smack my head into my monitor. Oh my gosh, not this one, not this movie yet. There's another <laughs> raw doll one. Oh well, why? Because it's too obvious. Oh, we'll talk about this one because, yeah, it's very obvious. But there's another Raw Doll one involving food that a whole generation was traumatized by chocolate cake in Matilda. Oh, dude, yeah, no, screw that. No, 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 no. I just, I love how that movie was so crazy in that, like, they made a, a, like, 
outside out of context one of the most delicious looking chocolate cakes ever also have this aura of like like uh just like evil and like oh god <laughs> so josh for context what what am i talking about with this chocolate cake uh okay so you're gonna have to fill in a lot because i have not seen matilda in so long all i i have a vivid memory though of this kid force having having to like force feed himself an entire chocolate cake and i also have like a weird memory from that movie of them putting matilda in like a box of nails as well so that to stand there and not get and not get hurt but that that, that might have been some other version of matilda i don't know <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Matilda too. But yeah, basically this kid's just like Matilda I can eat Matilda too. I mean, that's no, another one not. of those like Beetlejuice two of people always making up fake posters saying, "See, I made a poster. That means it's <laughs> happening, guys." <laughs> no, um, but yeah. So Matilda, there's some kid that's just like I could eat this whole cake, and so you get this like evil, almost like Nazi instructor that's just like, "Oh, you think you can eat the cake? Eat the whole." thing oh okay you must eat the whole thing and at first you're just like yeah this kid can do it just like that kid that ate all the pies in that arthur episode against buster the eating competition (laughs) yes i'm bringing that reference to the table what a pull (laughs) remember kids in the eating competition it's about pacing yourself not eating all at once that's what arthur taught me um but this kid's just like i can eat cake but about halfway through like a normal human being, he's just like, all right, I, I can't eat anymore. And the instructor's like, no, you will eat the entire cake. And you're just going, no, thank you. It's so uncomfortable watching a child being tortured more than anything else. Like, Dude, it's an adult. Yeah. Poor life choices. You are what you are. Uh, that's so <laughs> mean. Wow. <laughs> But like that's, that's definitely like that that brings memories of uh of what that Brad Pitt movie um seven, uh, with with uh with gluttony in the beginning where she he's like force fed himself uh all that what spaghetti I think it is I don't remember, but yeah oh, excuse me um yeah that seeing a child for like being tortured is literally the worst um oh I, I say that but like also like the the tooth the the big cathartic like release that i had for game of thrones was it wasn't joffrey died and i was like all right cool i don't need anything else from the show bye <laughs> so i still yeah, remember that um, too yeah same i was like oh and like they tried to be like god, god don't you want to know who did it and i was like no nah, honestly i'm not nope, dude we don't care reason, he's dead <laughs> the only reason i would want to know is so i can give them a, I, should, I walk up to them shake their hand i'm gonna come um, and shake your hand, hand. <laughs> um so i i'll, I'll kind of stick with uh the, the children's movie uh thing we've got going on here um so the hunchback of notre dame is fan- a fantastic movie uh i think there are many things in this film that could be considered uh very horror-esque but i think the things that come closest are both of frollo's songs definitely the second one where he talks about like uh the the, the fires of lust and all that but it is the, like the opening song where he sings about like how you know this lady's a sinner she, she's you know she's a dip, gypsy so she must die and uh you know what i'm just gonna ca- casually murder this baby too while i'm at it because it's so grotesque looking um god frollo all babies look gross don't like don't don't judge that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't mean that. Uh, but still, 
Uh, yeah (laughs) what was it you said where were you this past weekend (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly sorry uh said uh your baby's i'm sure is beautiful uh, uh <laughs> even though babies do look like aliens potatoes <laughs> big potato aliens um <laughs> if you burned a potato alien would he be a hash brown um <laughs> sorry uh, or a spuddy yes, Fro- <laughs> frollo's songs uh in hunchback of notre dame um are so so like this is a child. I mean, I first of all, you messed up by making a film about the Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, which is a horrifying story in of it. It's on its own. Uh, but then you were like, ah, yes, but we're gonna keep the part about the about the the, the evil ju- uh, the evil guy like singing about how he wants to have sex with the gypsy, but that's so raw. It's got this. The song is so even as an adult, it makes me so uncomfortable, and it it, it I. I just don't understand how you can watch it and be like, ah, yes, that is the bad guy. Or, and, and then that's, that's a totally okay thing that he's saying, talking about like, uh, 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 uh. let's, let's stay on the, the kids movie train choo choo, but a little more lighthearted with zombies. Cause you know, that's a little more lighthearted than an evil Frollo. <laughs> All right, we're talking about scary scenes in kids' movies. Let's keep it lighthearted here. Let's talk about <laughs> zombies, but in the most iconic line from the whole movie, Hey, the zombies are the good guys! Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. God, this movie also traumatized me as a kid. Not nearly as much as a movie that we'll talk about much later. That we've already talked about on the podcast in another episode, but yeah, we're going to bring that one back. Uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, even as a kid, I knew something was special about this one because you could tell by, like, the color palette, like, this was like, oh, it's darker, like, overall as yeah. a color palette, but also it just looks like it has a bigger budget. That, and I think it was Scooby-Doo and Witch's Ghost, like, either the year before or the year after yeah. with Tim Curry. It was a great movie. Um, Almost all of Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, not Witch's Ghost, uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island could be on here, but the moment in particular that I was just scarred forever as a small child was they run over a zombie with the mystery machine and Fred's just like, yeah, we got one. No, you committed homicide. Um, is it though? If it's a zombie, is it homicide? They're already dead. Like, it's just but like, whatever. Or is that like they a, get like the a, zombie. Not, like, a, like a double homicide. Yes. Um, <laughs> automatic double homicide. Nearly had the snake. He can't die. He's already dead. He's dead. <laughs> but Fred goes Looks to take Looks at the basket. frozen. Ah! saw him through get sidetracked but yeah oh fred, no, yeah that's a plot hole right there i hate that one fred is trying to take off the mask of this zombie he's like oh it's a really good mask pulls a little too hard and rips the zombie's head off it is not Love a man that. in a costume it is literally a living breathing formerly living breathing zombie <laughs> that fred just ripped the head off of and as a co- child who had seen almost everything Scooby-Doo up until this point and had been told repeatedly, the only evil in this world are people in masks that are trying to hurt you. Magic and dark things are not real. Magic is not real. But to have all of a sudden an actual living, breathing zombie and seeing its head get just ripped off in a kid's movie, I'm going, ah, nope. I'm good. I'll come I'm back to good. this in 10 Thank to 15 you. years. We're good. Yeah. We're good. I'll watch Cyber I've, Chase I've, instead. I have a vivid memory of, I think it was just like a scene. It's towards the beginning of the film where they get stuck in like a hole or something. And like the zombies are starting to come out of the, out of the walls of the hole. Oh, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
I remember seeing that and going, I'm going to watch Dragon Ball instead. Nope, I'm good. Thank you. Or when Scooby and Shaggy <laughs> finally realize what's happening. So they're running away and they go back to the ferry to Jacques, the ferry guy. And they're just like, oh, thank God. Everything is turning bad. Everyone's turning into werewolves and zombies. And then Jacques like turns into a werewolf and almost like eats them alive. I'm going, this is a kid's movie, right? Because <laughs> so technically, doesn't that themselves. count as a horror film then? Technically? Uh, see, I would still would not. I would consider it a traumatizing movie for kids, for sure. But at its, at its heart, it's still trying to be a kid's yeah. family-friendly movie, not trying to be a horror movie. Why are you being weird, pictures? Uh, that's because pictures are always weird. So it's the Josh's face just wants to be on camera doubly today. Apparently, I want to be everywhere, dog. I am uh, everywhere. That I will say there, and doing some some research for the for this, just because I my brain has not been working the past couple of days with anything that's not work related. Josh has gotten uh, back know, into wrestling. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, lots of uh, par for the course over here. Uh, but like, I, I remember I'm looking at some of these lists that people have put together. I swear to you, someone was like, there's lots of scary stuff in Alien. I was like, yeah. That's a that's horror what, movie. That's a horror movie, you dummy. What? Shut but sci-fi can't be horror. There's two it's separate categories. Sci-fi horror. 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 Anyway. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, all right. Keeping on this train. I, so I, I, I'm going to talk about this because you have never seen this film and let alone have no idea what it is. Oh, is it the I, one you no, told me about? Because, yeah, Rock-A-Doodle Rock uh, is about a rooster. It's basically the story of Elvis, but with a rooster uh, and throwing a little bit of like uh, American tail flavoring. So does um, he die on the toilet? No, uh, no. but there <laughs> is a psychotic owl manager uh, who... Ha- always has like cat eyes for some reason like i understand that owls do not have like the like the little like the vertical slits for eyes um but he constantly has them whenever he turns around then there's a very particular scene in which there's there's so much more i'd have to explain for this to make sense but he opens his mouth and ghost hands come out of his mouth and grips a child raccoon and chokes him to death in the like the climax of this film um first of all horrifying that you would open your mouth and ghost like literally so i i'll send you the clip later because i've seen halloween three i've seen live snakes coming out of a child's mouth (laughs) we're good but like this is animated, dog. This should not happen in a kid's... Ugh. But, like... And it would be seeing... called, again, Rock-A-Doodle. Rock-A-Doodle. <laughs> but, like, this is made by, like, the same guys that did American Tale and, like, dog, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which... Not, Honestly, yeah, not immune to being terrifying yeah, either. Yeah, 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 yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven should... Like, most of the films should be on this list. Uh, gosh, that is... But it's also, like, one of my favorite movies growing up almost because it was like like one out of ten that we had but uh, <laughs> uh next to all the veggie tales i was about to say did but, you burn a did you burn through your jonah dvd no no, no it was it was it was it was quest for camelot uh which um, also oh, i'm glad you brought that up quest for camelot <laughs> is on yeah, here too maybe. because i remember leaving the theater in quest for camelot being so terrified actually it's, which part? Which part? I'm it's so the curious. scene where they're dumping the soldiers in the barrel to turn hey! them. <laughs> Gosh, that thing is so scary. So for context, 
um, the the main baddie, Rupert, who is terrifying, um, by the way. There's no reason for him to be that scary dog, especially towards the end of the film when he gets uh, he actually gets the sword on his hand and it's just sitting there rotating. Uh, terrifying. Um, he's also balding, which is I don't know what he's that a says, ginger. But, he's uh, compensating. <laughs> but uh, but genuinely, so he he you know takes over the, the our main heroes uh kaylee's uh house and uses their well with a, a couple drops of a potion that he got from a witch somewhere which is quite literally the lyric um which i don't know why i remember that um i could hear him in my head uh, it's so good it's such a good song that's the problem is it's, ter- it's a terrifying scene with a fantastic catchy song um but he's basically taking all these mercenaries that he in his crew and throwing them into this pit of magical goop with like a weapon or something that turns them into this freaky freak freak of nature like metal soldier um it's hilarious because and terrifying oh uh, absolutely i say hilarious because the one i remember vividly is the guy that gets thrown in there with a fork and so like his hand just shoots forks is, is the only thing that happens, which is hilarious. But yeah, like, like they, there's a guy that gets thrown in there with two, two ma- like chain maces and his arm, beca- arms become chain maces. It's horrifying. Um, but yeah, no, so, so, so scary. Uh, and it's only, <laughs> it's only like negated towards the end of the film when they're quote unquote big scary griffin comes in who talks like this yes man. yeah the griffin does <laughs> have a terrifying design but yeah it does like literally the whole the whole film is just like this like giant cat that talks like this master i'm so sorry man oh, i'm sorry master so like what <laughs> this giant beast should not sound like a parrot sorry anyway go for it quest for camelot i think could be classified as a fantasy movie um, yeah, absolutely. With the guy with Carrie Elwes more or less being the same character as Book of Eli, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but another fantasy movie, arguably one of the greatest fantasy movies of all time, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But when I say terrifying Lord of the Rings, you don't think Sauron, you don't think orcs, you don't think cave trolls, you think crackhead bilbo baggins <laughs> yeah I, yes i will say the first time i saw that as a kid i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. what is this i mean then again it, like later when the trolls come in and i was like oh god that's terrifying uh yeah but like crackhead bilbo baggins there's Give me no way ring. else to describe it <laughs> yeah 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 oh and it's like now rewatching it, it's like it's obviously like CGI and it kind of takes away a little bit of it. But like at the same time, like I vividly remember seeing that as a kid and going, no, no, I'm good. Because no, I'm good. At least with most, with most, I can speak. I'm like, with in. most, um, at least with most <laughs> scares, there's some form of a buildup, even in yeah. like kid friendly scares, there's some form of buildup. There is no buildup to this. It's just. Oh, hi, I'm talking to my uncle Bilbo. He's totally normal. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it just goes back to normal just as quickly as he became this weird gremlin looking thing. I'm just um uh, crackhead uncle? Are yeah. you okay? Are you in there? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't live to be the triple digits. You ever think about that? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think uh, I runner up, I guess, would be um, seeing the slow transformation of Golem. Um, the I uh, probably in Fellowship the when they meet Gladriel, and she's like, "I'll be the queen, both dark and beautiful." Oh, like, will kind of- worship me and despair. Which. Nah, spoilers, never mind. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Like, I agree, like super like unnecessarily scary, but like needed at the same time. Uh what how many more you got? I got five. One, two, one, two three. I got five as well. Yeah, five. we're good at this. <laughs> yeah, I mean we better be for almost two hundred episodes. <laughs> Here's what happens is Josh and I only have one brain and we just kind of share it via FedEx every couple days. It just kind of goes back and forth. No, 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 That explains no. Josh's UPS. lapses in memory from yeah. time to time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's UPS, and so someone sometimes one of us isn't home to sign for it, so it just gets sent back. <laughs> I believe it. Um, I believe it. All right, let's go. I'm going to go with one that absolutely terrified me as a kid. Um, so Jurassic Park is you know, it's a, it's a great film, good family film, right? Um, I could not finish the movie. From the time until I was like, geez, I want to say 15, 16, uh, for whatever reason, um, my, when I first, the first time I watched it, I was like eight. I could not get past the scene where, um, she's going to go turn on the, the power and she can't find Samuel Jackson's character for whatever reason, my little child brain was absolutely scared of that scene. And to be fair, it's terrifying. And like the scene where like the hand comes down on her shoulder and she's like, Oh, thank God. Oh no, it's just the hand. Like that is absolutely terrifying. It's the um, same hand Mace Windu lost. <laughs> um, what that's a connection i did not real like my brain didn't hey see this is proof that our we share a brain <laughs> um <laughs> but no yeah like as a kid could not get past that scene which is hilarious that i can see a giant t-rex eat a guy in a toilet but not see a disembodied hand <laughs> well we know why because oh. no crap that was that was not even my, remotely my best. That was I apologize on behalf yeah, of that was, everything. Yeah, that was a really crappy joke. Uh, but I'll make up for it for this incredible segue. Uh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg. I have a Steven Spielberg movie that's often regarded as one of the most child-friendly and joyous, wonderful movie that Babe? the critics hated for some reason. Robin Williams' Hook. Oh, okay. Yeah, wait, the critics hated that film? It was so the critics was hate super good. Hook. The critics what? hate Hook, to which I just go, suck it, you have no taste, critics. But I will that's say... Bad, that, what? That's one of the best movies ever. What oh, one of the best about? soundtracks, too. Uh, but, no, the scene I'm thinking of that for Hook, the movie is not necessarily scary at all. It's cheesy, it's campy, it's got wonderful heart. But no, there's one scene in particular, and all I have to say is two words. Boo box. I Josh forgets no. what the boo box is. Did you lie to I... Captain Hook? I did. You know what that means. The boo box. Not the boo box. It's Glenn Close getting shoved into that little box with live scorpions and then getting thrown over the side of the oh, ship. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay. Apparently my brain was like, nah, 
we remember so many things about that film. That is not one of them. <laughs> Your brain's expected to come in the next day or two. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My bad. I'll be sure to be home. Hey, as long as it gets here Thursday, I'll be home to, to get it. <laughs> With the boo box. One. I just think it's funny that it's Glenn Close, but I remember as a kid watching this like really lighthearted movie, you know, where a kid gets stabbed in the chest, a really lighthearted and fun movie. And all of a sudden, no, you're going to get thrown alive into this box with a bunch of live scorpions and then we're going to throw you overboard. Okay. That's terrifying. And uh, because Glenn Close does not know how to half speed any form of acting, she is just going balls to the wall in this of like her screams of agony and terror i'm just going i think you might have put a better performance in this than you actually didn't doubt in which case i think you got nominated for that but i'm more terrified here than in doubt it's just like this is so weird uh sorry so i just finished this this i I promise this connected uh i just finished that the season one of uh that dungeons and daddies podcast um and there's a character named Glenn Close. <laughs> he's a he's a rock and roll bard. But yeah, like I was just like, I, that's it's not that Glenn Close. It's not that a Glenn Close. I swear, our podcast after 200 episodes is just a revolving door of 10 references. <laughs> I mean, yeah, most of our comedy is. <laughs> Rule of thirds, everyone. Repeat the yeah. same thing. Eventually, it'll be funny. That's yep, 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 yep. That's why I always make my mistakes in threes. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about uh, I really, uh, to my memory, probably my first actual brush with like horror themes and like kind of the 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 horror imagery as well. Um, so for most people, uh, you got to you went to the library. You picked out some some videos, right? This was this was little Josh's existence for a while. This is also how I I snuck in um, uh, the the '90s uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Heck um, yeah! Uh, I I was given at the ripe old age of ten a library card, and I I was told, "Hey, by the way, having anything- fun isn't hard when you've got a library <laughs> you got card." A library card. Thank you, Arthur. Um, but bringing it back man any any of the vhs's yes that's right i said vhs's that were under pg-13 i could i could check them out without parental uh guidance so of course i grabbed fantasia and was like oh man this is gonna be fantastic i can't wait and then um i don't know the night of bald mountain happened and i was absolutely terrified as a child sitting on that couch i'd be like what is it like both terrified but also like mystified and like so intrigued but also like kind of (laughs) scared so the question is then for josh yeah 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 what is the name of the creature on top of the mountain oh i have no idea i'm not even gonna lie to you (laughs) i'm not even gonna lie to you because its name is Chernabog, and the I've I've known that for a lot of years. There's a good Disney series called Kingdom Keepers, where he's like one of the love main it, villains. But it. it's funny you bring up Night on Bald Mountain. So I help in my church's youth group, like with the teens, and every week yeah. we ask them trivia questions. And I specifically for this month did Halloween related questions, and I asked them who's the name of the villain on top of Bald Mountain in Fantasia, and no one knew. But I'm going foreshadowing there's a glitch in the matrix somehow it's all coming oh. together man Illuminati. 
<laughs> it's just no it's 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 just it's the brain thing man it's the brain it's the same joke we got one joke this 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 podcast we've only got one joke how to train your dragon iron giant (laughs) (laughs) oh just watch out for that kung fu panda um but yes night (laughs) night on bald mountain um for those that don't know honestly i'm probably on youtube look it up fantastic beautiful imagery beautiful music but as a like a little like 10 year old kid was definitely like what is what am i watching what is this <laughs> this is this is like uh what what is a pilgrim's pilgrim's progress which is also why wow. why was that that why was that given to what children what a reference oh holy oh man wow josh tell I, us I, you were homeschooled without telling us you were homeschooled <laughs> <laughs> I was shown at the age of six Pilgrim's Progress, man. Like that was not okay. And they were like, "Here, let's show this kid an I- imagery like that's a that deals with hell and demons and stuff like that." There's no way he'll like scary movies growing up. No way. <laughs> so I think yeah, Night on Bald Mountain was doesn't it have some form of literary origin. I believe. I, I want to. Uh, I want to say yes. Either but, way, uh, my next one has some literary origin oh, to it. Boo! You Ish. didn't care! No, I don't. I never care about anything. <laughs> um, see, I don't... This doesn't doesn't have literary origins, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason why I both like and severely hate this movie. Young Sherlock Holmes, directed by Chris Columbus, who did Home Alone and the first two Harry Potter movies. Ooh. As a Sherlock Holmes fan... I hate this movie so much, but as a movie fan, it's it's fine. It's whatever. It's harmless fun. <laughs> it's a thing that happens. It's, it's a thing. But God, does it not care about canon? Um, but <laughs> because again, it's not to nearly as bad as the Russell Crowe Robin Hood situation, but mm, it'll get it. It gets close at times, but it's a kids' movie. I'll give it a pass on that. <laughs> we'll, but we'll allow it. <laughs> the difference is there's a scene in this that happens a couple times that you're going. How is this in a children's Sherlock Holmes story? So basically the premise of the story is Holmes and Watson meet in a, like a boarding school and develop a friendship or whatever. And some weird things start happening at the school. And like some people go disappearing. Well, apparently the reason people go disappearing is because they are being sacrificed by an old Egyptian cult. And so these people are being, mum- these people are being mummified alive and then put in a coffin while still alive. And then a fountain of scalding hot water comes and fills up the tomb. And I'm going, what? Yo, that's not okay. That's like, that's like. That's like first sacrifice of Temple of Doom. Like, oh no, it's like Temple of Doom levels of like building up the anticipation of like chants, like mama, like people wearing Anubis heads around this tomb and this big thing of hot, scalding hot water. And you hear kids screaming it within the mama of them going, Get out. Why? Why is this thing also? Another reason I hated this movie the main villain of like this cult leader, this like ancient. Egyptian evil cult that they, for some reason, have an actual full-size pyramid underground a museum somewhere. But Sherlock defeats this guy. A post-credit scene, back when they didn't really have post-credit scenes, is this guy survived, signs into a hotel with the name James Moriarty. I'm going, that age gap does not work. Holmes and Moriarty did not know each other. (laughs) Oh, young <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is a thing that exists in my brain at all times going. It's like an itch 
just can't scratch it. It's like, let me fix it! But you can't, because it was before your time, before you clearly had sway in the world of Hollywood. But that uh, one scene, clearly. it's funny, <laughs> my mom and dad actually really like young Sherlock Holmes. My mom loves young Sherlock Holmes, but whenever that scene comes on, she leaves and will come back. One, she doesn't like child torture, which I totally get, but two, it's too dark for her to watch. It is a messed up scene. Like they Jeez, do, dude. I think at least twice before, like they have to save somebody for the third one. So they actually have to get involved. It is basically the Kali Ma scene from Temple of Doom where they rip the guy's heart out. It's like, God, it does dude. not fit for the rest of this movie at all. Jeez. Which, okay. So that actually segues me pretty well. So I am not going to bring up Temple of Doom because Temple of Doom is basically a horror movie uh, that happens to be involving indie. Um, what I am going to talk about, however, is my first Indiana Jones movie that I ever saw in my life, which is Raiders of the Lost Ark. So um, you mean the first Indiana Jones? Okay, yeah, but like, <laughs> leave me alone, all right? Uh, leave me alone. Leave me alone, all right? I don't. Okay. Uh, I just, I don't care about indie so much. Okay, I don't. I just, I. It's a thing for me. It's, so it's, after the two hundredth episode, we'll be hoping open auditions for the new co. <laughs> Rude. Oh man! You, hey, you kept me around when I was recording in a car. All right, <laughs> I, 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 I like that is true. <laughs> like I, I don't know what 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 it would take for you to fire me, but that's um, true. But, Maybe four anyway. or five more concussions. Uh, I hope I, I honestly I think two more would kill me. Um, but anyway, um. Raiders of the Lost Ark is obviously the, the Indiana Jones story about him finding the Lost Ark. Uh, so, well, I know, shocker. Uh, <laughs> whoa, I didn't see that coming. Um, so it is a, for anybody who's seen the film, you know exactly what scene I'm going for. Eventually, towards the end of the film, they find the Ark and the Nazis who are, I guess, are always the villains in Indiana <laughs> Jones movies, apparently. It's supposedly, they're villains again. Which is okay. I mean, I, I, it's one of those like if Nazis had stopped existing, they wouldn't make sense for for us to keep using them. But since they're still around, um, <laughs> maybe that's too political. Uh, but anyway, uh, so they open up the the ark and it, uh, Indy and the the girl that he's with, Marion, uh, yes, yeah, uh, close their eyes and are not affected by the curse um the curse being it literally melts these people's faces off literally it's too and metal like it is very metal um excuse me uh but like seriously it it's all practical it's all like just the melting of, of the face it is horrifying and like i understand like this is a kind of like an adult uh like adventure film um, something that they lean hard into in the Temple of Doom, uh, but like at the same time, it's like this, this does not. What is this? Hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. That's one of those scenes that like got so heavily edited by the MPAA yeah. of going. That's why there's that random fire effect because they're like yeah. you can't show a head blowing up. Uh, yeah, so I remember that scene actually as a real at a really young age too, because I remember before we moved to Colorado back in I think it was two thousand four. I remember um, my dad was downstairs watching something, and it was now that I'm older, I realize he was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark right around that scene. And I'm yes. watch I see part of that, and I'm going, nope, 
going upstairs to mom going, let's <laughs> let's not and Bye. i was trying to describe the scene to her and she's like i have no idea what he's watching so i'm like looking back she probably knows what he was watching just yeah that that scene <laughs> he probably got up. yelled at later <laughs> uh, i was not careful. sitting with him i was like passing through it's like mm, yeah. nope um <laughs> bye Alrighty, these last three only two of them have really stuck with me but one of them is legendary what i finally saw i think i saw this for the first time last year maybe when i was going through and determined i'm gonna watch all the superman movies even the bad ones including superman 3 you know where i'm going with this josh i know of the scene i just didn't put it on here because i've never seen this scene actually holy so. crap so superman 3 is weird it's a richard pryor movie featuring cameos of superman it's okay it's richard pryor basically taking like the pennies from everyone's paychecks and adding them to his paycheck it's it's weird it's stupid uh but i mean it makes sense man you take take the pennies off off three billion people's paychecks i mean you're gonna get three billion dollars Right, that's how that works. Josh has never been good at math. That's, that's uh, no, no, I'm not. That, that, that's that's yeah. That's a recorded fact. <laughs> that's in the 200th episode. We already know that for a fact. <laughs> um, but no. So Richard Pryor teams up with Discount Lex Luthor because I'm calling him Dix, Discount Lex Luthor because it's just Lex Luthor. But Gene Hackman didn't want to come back for the third one. Um, uh, so Lex Discount Lex and his, I believe, sister are, like, the two evil characters of this movie. And so, at some point in the final fight, Superman's coming in to save the day, as he does, and the sister somehow gets, like, thrown into this, like, electrical circuit or grid or whatever and becomes a human-robot-cyborg-hybrid creature because they clearly didn't have the budget for Brainiac back then. But with terrifying practical effects and the most dead-eyed, terrifying expression you will ever see in this movie that's making Richard Pryor jokes and has a drunk Superman fighting with Christopher Reeves because Superman and Clark Kent have split personalities, apparently, and they fight each other, you get this scene that belongs to something completely different. The terrifying practical effects. The eyes will haunt your nightmares. Superman 3 is not good, but it is known for this one scene of children (laughs) everywhere crapping their pants going, what just happened? And then you get Superman 4 with Nuclear Man saying, I will hurt people. And I'm going, oh, oh, that's a horror of a movie. I'm sure you will, buddy. I'm Uh, sure you will. (laughs) Oh, but then Zack Snyder would use that exact same method of creating Nuclear Man to create Doomsday and then would pretend that he didn't. So anyway, I don't want to talk about Doomsday. I I hate that But the real Doomsday's still out there. No, he's not. Shut up. Um, Snyder. Shut up. Um, So the... Let's go with... I got this. I only got two more, right? So Same. Just, look at that. Um, I'm gonna go with a scene that it's one of those like the movie is 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 very tense. There's a lot going on, uh, kind of, but also not. Uh, it is the one event in this film that kind of puts it on the track that the you know that the, that they build and from the trailer. Um, however, the moment that the bear attack happens in the Revenant. Uh, is uh, I want to say breathtaking, but not in the good way. Uh, it's not like n- not like oh my gosh, 
look at this landscape of Yellowstone, which is also in the in the film. It's fantastic, but um, it's not like oh wow, look at this landscape. It's absolutely breathtaking. It's oh look at this man literally be thrown around like a rag doll uh, by a bear, and oh it's over. It's walking away. Oh, I think we're I think we're okay. Oh no no he's coming back. Oh he's coming back. It's it it is literally some of some of the most tense uh terrifying like i think i think it goes on for like two or three minutes um of that film uh, out the to the point of like it happens like in the first 30 or 40 minutes something like that i was probably like way overshooting but whatever um so to the point it's like okay so what's the movie gonna be after this because he's obviously dead there's no way he's not dead uh it seriously like took my breath away when i watched it it's so terrifying to me um it, it, it's not a and the revenant is not a horror movie i i don't know what i would classify that as maybe more like a revenge drama, thriller revenge drama. thriller yeah maybe so i mean it definitely rides that line when it comes to like horror-esque themes but uh golly watching a grown man be told like just thrown around uh by by a bear is enough to keep me away from bears for the rest of my life <laughs> oh so you're christopher walken then <laughs> uh, another no, one just... of the ten <laughs> and you gotta I'm think just, yeah 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 anytime you bring up country bears i just want to like throw myself into a pool <laughs> Yeah, and you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is such a method actor that he probably actually was attacked by a bear for this movie. That's probably a real bear that they hired for this film. I, I actually, I need to look into it, but like there was like some like crazy stuff that they did to pull the shots off. Oh, yeah, because um, there's like no external lighting, right? It's like all correct. natural lighting. Yes, so, which the movie definitely suffers from. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, we have three Raul Dahl movies i mentioned yeah. two of them now time for an encore people no 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 is it raining is it pouring is a hurricane of blowing not a speck of light is showing so the danger must be growing but the rowers they keep on rowing they certainly are showing any signs that they're slowing I definitely botched it, I think, this time around. I didn't know it as well. But the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is one of those that's just like, it's so terrifying, but also so out of left field to the point that when you watch Willy Wonka in the, in the Chocolate Factory on ABC Family or whatever it's called nowadays, like the once a month that they show it, they just straight up cut it out and you don't miss anything at all. Nothing is missed from this movie, but you get you know, millipede or centipedes crawling across somebody's face, a chicken getting decapitated, Willy Wonka just losing his ever-loving mind because the LSD set in, and the Oompa Loompas are just going, there's more in that river than you first thought, isn't there? <laughs> like, this is like uh, an <laughs> infamous scene of people just going, yeah, it's a great movie, but yeah. what is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, why is this happening? What is, what is this to the point like that? 
I don't think I think like the 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 Tim Burton one, like they still have a boat scene, but they use it as like an exposition dump more than anything else. Uh, so it but gosh, this film was ter- that that one specific scene is terrifying. It's kind of up there with like this t- when you see the uh, 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 when you see Willy Wonka for the first time, the t- Tim Burton one and uh, all of the dolls are the puppets are, are like melting behind him. <laughs> i'm good thank you though but like yeah the tunnel scene infamous terrifying it 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 does not belong in this film i have no like they like nobody knows why it's there but you know gene wilders is just doing his thing (laughs) like god what a crazy man so what's your last one then my last one is one that is equally like it's kind of like more scary now that i've read the books so uh half-blood prince is easily one of my favorite harry potter movies um it's i would dare say i think it's also one of my favorite books as well up there with goblet of fire um but the inferni attack whenever they they um you know dumbledore has finally drunk the the, the entire basin oh. um, and he harry has to go down to go get uh the water um first that whole scene in general that that the entire cave scene is incredibly tense and being broken with creatures that what's crazy is in the book obviously they they mentioned the inferni earlier in the book so you're kind of half ready for them when they show up um Whereas in the movie, they are not mentioned at all. <laughs> and so they come out of nowhere and you have no idea what they are. And all you know is, you know, Harry is just has to fight these guys on his own. <laughs> like, good luck, buddy. Um, Just absolutely horrifying. Um, th- th- Just, I-, I don't know how else to describe because I know a lot of people have seen Harry Potter. So a lot of people know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's, gosh, just these like half skeleton half like human souled people uh just trying to drag you down them with drag you down with them it's very almost like like the souls in the swamp in um uh is it return of the king or two towers i think it's two towers um the, oh, the drag yeah, yeah, fro- yeah. the drag fro- uh fro- try to drag frodo down gosh terrifying i i'm just not a fan uh, I guess I'm not a fan of things in water that are that are dangerous. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Again, segues us perfectly to my last thing, because this is a thing that emerges from the water. And also, still to this day, I can't really watch because it just triggers some childhood PTSD. And that is the snake from the first live-action Jungle Book. We've hey, talked about this before on the podcast, yes. but screw this movie. My parents love it, and it's a good movie. But when people die, like Bruce Willis, they die hard. And gosh, there's some brutal deaths in this movie. Boo. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Get but the snake stage. is the worst thing about this movie. The snake in the Jungle Book is the single reason why I am afraid of snakes to this day. I hate snakes because of this movie. The snake, granted, I've seen it nowadays, and the CG's not great, but it's the buildup. It's that Jaws mentality. What you don't see is so much scarier, and you just see gold move up and down in the water because it's the snakes moving and then i feel like you see an actual like snake slither through before you see the the thing 
It is terrifying, and it has no right to be that scary. It's just like the <laughs> monkeys have this reverence for it. It's a terrifying snake, even if the CG's bad. Take away that. There's a whole Mount Rushmore of other candidates from this Jungle Book movie that could be the scariest non-horror movie moments. How about this guy that gets shot in the leg and goes down to a chamber filling up with salt? And it's salt getting into his open wound, and he drowns in salt. Or a man, very grounded and brutally getting drowned by quicksand which taught a whole generation of kids to be much more paranoid about quicksand than they actually need to be but it's like he's <laughs> I, yeah, I thought, choking I thought and gagging on the quicksand or the other one when that guy is being stalked by sheer con and he's like fumbling with the bullets and whatnot and he's just like <laughs> and then all of a sudden he turns around and he just gets mauled by a tiger it's glorious but the snake from the jungle book the Jungle Book as a whole is not a scary movie. It is a lighthearted kids movie. But that one, the two scenes that the snake is in drove me away from that movie for close to two decades and still to this day makes me not like snakes. This movie should not be as terrifying as it is, but it is because of these few scenes. It should not be this scary. What it is. <laughs> that was one of those movies that I got from the library as a kid because it's I think pretty sure it's just PG, which is hilarious. I think it's, it's G. PG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah, that's even funnier. Um, but yeah, like I, I've, a, I think I saw watched it like once or twice. But that's all it took for me to remember that stinking snake, man. Ah, oh, jeez. And like also to the being the point of like when I watched the uh, Mortal Kombat movies, I was like, hey, isn't that Mowgli? <laughs> Jason Scott Lee, and then also <laughs> Lena Headey from Game of Thrones is in it. Carrie Elwes and John Cleese. Stop! 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 I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking about Mortal Kombat, and I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about. Mortal no, there's Kombat. a whole bunch yeah. of famous people in that Jungle Book. It's super weird. Sam yeah. Neill from Jurassic Park, bringing it back to Jurassic Park again. <laughs> it's a full circle. It's a circle of life. Honorable mention to Simba's dad just getting mauled. <laughs> so, like, because I think that that's definitely the question is like, people are always like, ah, oh, scary scenes and non horror movies. Okay, cool. So, like, what constitutes as horror in your mind? Because, like, some, there's a lot of lists I saw that was definitely just like, oh, this scene's a little tense. So that it's kind of horror esque. Okay, sure, whatever. But, whatever like, the that scenes. Yeah. Uh, the, um the only reason i didn't put it on here is because i've never seen this and i'm probably gonna get shot for this but i guess the 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 scene with the 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 pale man in um in pan's labyrinth i've never seen pan's labyrinth so i would that i didn't put it here um but i've seen the clip and it is absolutely horrifying um so i just like it's very interesting to see what people consider a a quote-unquote non-horror movie um but yeah it's gosh there's no Kids movies shouldn't be as scary as they are. Like, what? This is not fair. No. Well, what did you guys think? What are some of the scariest moments you've ever seen in non-horror-related movies? They could be animated, family-friendly movies, whatever you want that's not horror-related. What, like, terrified you the most in a non-horror movie? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you're seeing and want to see more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and if you haven't already, subscribe us on YouTube. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers now. You've been great to get us to 700. Let's get us to 1,000. Also, check back in three weeks. We've got the 
grand 200th episode that we've been putting together for a really long time now. Really like how it turned out. Nice. Look back at all that has been with the Uncharted Media Podcast. <laughs> It'll be a good time. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.